0: The finishing touches on the Miami Dolphins 2023 prospect spotlight series on the offensive tackle position, our final positional rankings, which prospects are realistic for the Dolphins to target at 51, who, if anyone were targeting to trade up and who the top of the Dolphins draft board looks like from locked on Dolphins perspective when combining the tight end position and the offensive tackle position all here on this episode of locked on Dolphins.
1: You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What is going on, Dolphins fans? It is Kyle Krabs of Locked on Dolphins. It is your team every day here on the Locked on Network. It is Thursday night, April 6th, 2023. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan. Decade-long draft, Nick, your host here on Locked On Dolphins, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with Joe Marino, podcast dedicated to team-building across the entirety of the NFL. You can find all of our shows on Locked On on YouTube or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash on today to get started. I well, thank you guys for making Locked on Dolphins your first, or in this case, your last listen of the day. It's late. It's about 9 p.m. on Thursday night, April 6th, 2023. And we're dropping this show because uh, of a number of reasons. Uh, we we did the prospect spotlight on Jalen Duncan this morning. And I said we have one more tackle to do to get to 10 tackles in this offensive tackle group, which are ideally the ones that you would be looking at potentially to draft In the first three rounds, a.k.a. the Dolphins' picks at 51 and 84, uh, to land an actual upgrade over what you currently have on the roster. Well, my originally scheduled 10th offensive tackle was Tyler Steen, the left tackle from the University of Alabama, former defensive lineman, converted to uh, offensive tackle for Vanderbilt Commodores, and then transferred to Alabama. Watched three games. In my assessment, he's a guard, so we're going to do him in the guards. But he got a grade, but we're going to do him in the guards. So then I pivoted to Jordan McFadden, offensive lineman from uh, University of Clemson. Left tackle. Watched two games. He's a guard. (laughs) So we had our third contingency for an offensive tackle prospect, and we landed on Carter Warren from the University of Pittsburgh torn meniscus missed the last two thirds of the season only played in four games this year incomplete athletic profile watched his tape scored 10th out of 10 offensive tackles so we're not going to do the deep dive on him and we're instead going to prioritize actually stacking this offensive tackle class pertaining to the Dolphins so remember we took 10 position specific traits for the offensive tackle position and we graded all of these tackles in order, and these are weighted in importance for this dolphin system. Those 10 traits we graded these offensive tackles on, pass protection, lateral mobility, gravitational pull, football intelligence, power at the point of attack, balance, blocking in space, anchor ability, versatility, and hand technique. And what we've come up with is our list of final 10, but the problem is the Dolphins have about half of this list, literally half of this list, that I would generally perceive to be players who are untouchable for the Dolphins without a first-round pick. And because of that, we have to acknowledge we gave some really nice grades out for top offensive linemen. And the Dolphins aren't going to sniff these players. Paris Johnson Jr., Ohio State, top-ranked offensive tackle for this system. He got an 89.26 out of 100 points. That's top tackle. He's going to be long gone. He'll probably be a top 15 pick. Juan Jones, the other Ohio State tackle, was the second ranked offensive tackle for this Dolphins system. 86.30 out of 100 points. Expect him generally to be long off the board by the Dolphins the time the Dolphins pick at 51. Peter Skoronsky, there's guard tackle flexibility here. 85.56 out of 100. This was our third ranked offensive lineman, presuming he's an offensive tackle. In the predictive untouchables bucket, Peter Skronsky is currently talked about as a top 15 to top 20 selection in this year's class. You don't get forecasted for nine months in that stratosphere and then suddenly fall to the 50s. Darnell Wright, red-hot player, not a great scheme fit. I think he's better in gap schemes, uh, but a red-hot player predictively. Uh, he scored the lowest out of the five players I would consider to be untouchables as things currently stand. And then Broderick Jones, who also in my mind is better in gap schemes, uh, in 83.70. So these five players, Paris Johnson Jr., Dewan Jones, Peter Skronsky, Darnell Wright, and Broderick Jones, they were all graded for this exercise, but they were graded with the acknowledgement that these players just simply put are not going to be on the board when the Dolphins have an opportunity to pick, even if they find themselves in a position to trade up. Now, you might get one of those players that slides into the late 30s, and the Dolphins can make a splash. Remember, they traded up to 42 from pick 50, giving up an extra third-round pick to go get Liam Eikenberg in a draft-day trade just two years ago. That didn't work out great. But at the very least, it's an embodiment of the potential cost to get into that strike zone and that stratosphere from a very similar spot to where the Dolphins are currently scheduled to pick. And if one of those five, any, I I should say, if any of those five tumble to that stratosphere, it's well worth the Dolphins' considerations to ask themselves, do we need to go get this player? The likelihood of that, however is next to zero. Now, what we do have as a result of this is we have the other five offensive tackles that I generally perceive to be highly realistic players uh, for the Dolphins to be able to target based on their draft stock and range. Um, The quality, however, of those players, especially when foiled against what the Dolphins have and, and defining what an upgrade looks like, I took the Dolphins' two projected starting offensive tackles, Teron Armstead and Austin Jackson, and I graded them on the same scale with a slant towards blocking against NFL competition versus these college players who are blocking against college competition. So it's it's graded on a curve. Teron Armstead, 94.5 out of 100 points, is a roster cornerstone type player when he's healthy. It's an elite offensive tackle. Austin Jackson, on the other hand, 74.81 out of 100 points is how I would grade him for this Dolphins system based off the 10 traits that I have defined as being premier quality uh, traits to have to succeed in this Dolphins offensive system. So you have about a 20 point discrepancy between your top tackle and your next best tackle. It's a problem. And all five of the untouchables that we just covered were 80.74 or higher, ranging from an 89 to an 80.74. Those players all being off the board hurts, but you have three players who are an 80 or above that do represent, in my mind, some level of an upgrade opportunity. Now, whether it's a significant upgrade opportunity or not, that's a different story. And we are, of course, going to cover that next on the show here in segment two. But before we get there, the NBA playoffs are just about here, which makes now the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not hit. That that for peace of mind. So download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe, secure, super easy to use, and then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and everything in between. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at bigger payouts with same-game parlays. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel.
1: Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: So let's talk about the tackles that we perceive the Dolphins to have a chance at. Right, We've established what the top of the class looks like. That's the opportunity cost of the misconduct of the Dolphins uh, with the Tom Brady, Sean Payton snafu. It's going to be a hard pill to swallow. But we you can't sit here and cry over spilled milk. The Dolphins' first pick is a 51, so throughout the course of this process, we're focused on the picks that are available at 51. So let's talk about who's available. Here's my top five. Here's the other half, I should say. Consider half of the top ten prospects that tackle to be untouchables. Here are my top five that I think the Dolphins have a crack at. Not all of these are necessarily appealing options. Matthew Bergeron, out of Syracuse, an 85.93. He actually scored as my third-highest offensive tackle for the Dolphins' system. Graded higher than Skaronsky. Graded higher than Broderick Jones. Graded higher than Darnell Wright. This is a player from a movement skills perspective, from a scheme fit perspective, from a positional flexibility perspective, from a length perspective, checks a lot of boxes. 85.93 is behind only the two Ohio State kids. And he has very little buzz predictively as being a top 100 player. That's good news for the Dolphins. Or excuse me, for as a top 50 player. That's good news for the Dolphins. Especially in the first round. If you had to ask me, this would be a player that I would be willing to consider trading up from 51 to go get. I think he can provide an upgrade at either spot, left guard or right tackle. Anton Harrison's a player who has a little bit of mock draft buzz in the first round. But I don't think he's as pure of a scheme fit for the Dolphins as what Bergeron is. He graded out as an 81.48 out of 100 points. If he was available at 51, I would draft him. And I would not think twice about it, barring other best players available at other positions. He ranked as OT6. I actually graded him higher than Darnell Wright as far as being a fit in the Dolphins' system specifically. Blake Freeland, an 80 on the dot. This is a player that I would draft at 84 if he were available, but I would not consider drafting at pick 51. As a point of reference, 80 was about the cutoff at the tight end position as well. I had two players that I would consider trading up for, Darnell Washington and Dalton Kincaid. Then I had two players that I would consider drafting at 51, specifically for the Dolphin system, those being Sam Laporte and Michael Mayer. Then you had Luke Schoonmaker and Tucker Kraft, who were an 80.37, who I said if those players are available at pick 84, they're viable selections that I would strongly consider drafting. Blake Freeland graded marginally by a couple fractions of a point lower than those players. But if you take a tight end first and Blake Freeland is there at 84, that's kind of the stratosphere in which, okay, let's say that we get some consistent coaching on this offensive line. Let's bet on this player. Let's bet on the traits. Let's try to develop him. It's a really good scheme fit. Past Blake Freeland, I think you are looking at fractional marginal at best upgrades over what you currently have specifically at offensive tackle austin jackson again graded out as just short of a 75 74.81 Jalen duncan from maryland is a 76.67 out of 100 points and carter warren from pittsburgh We did not do the deep dive on because of the score that he received, received a 74.44. I would consider Carter Warren a no-go zone, period, on day two. Jalen Duncan is comparable to Blake Freeland, but I think not quite as pure of a scheme fit, and he's not as dominant in the run game. So if you go tight end first, and you feel like you've pinned yourself into a hole where you have to draft a tackle... Duncan would be my, in case of emergency, break glass at 84 player. What immediately stands out to me about this group of players and how they are valued and how they are scored respective to the Dolphins system, the untouchables really sap the depth because there's good talent available at the top. But you don't have a lot of margin for error, in my mind, at offensive tackle. And as I look at the grades, compared to the players that you have, while acknowledging there's still some level of forecast with players like Blake Freeland and Anton Harrison and Jalen Duncan, that even if you draft them and you feel like it's quote-unquote appropriate value, you don't know how that player is going to translate immediately as a team that is looking to win now. It's a risk, and you only have one player available in each slot. A trade-up player in Bergeron, a draft at 51 player in Harrison, a draft at 84 player in Freeland. That's about it. That's not a good place to be, and as I continue continue to sit here and I look at the numbers and I think about it, I had to watch a number of other offensive tackles just to find a 10th one that I felt like was appropriate. Now there's some other guys who p- are projecting inside the play at guard. Like the names that we mentioned. The Jordan McFadden's from Clemson. The Tyler Steen's from Alabama. Uh, the old Dominion kid, Saldaveri, uh is a player to watch as well. We're going to do him on the interior offensive line group. But those players don't project or forecast consistently as NFL offensive tackles. And if I look at what's available to the Dolphins, you have to have a fortunate break, in my mind, on the board with one of these players, a Bergeron or a Harrison, to justify drafting a tackle that you feel like is a meaningful upgrade at the position. If you don't hit that, I'm more inclined to say, okay let's try to identify an interior offensive line player and let's make sure we either trade for a player post-June 1 or we get a post-June 1 veteran signing as a older player who can compete with these young talents that we have at the position. But to draft one just to draft one, I had somebody say um, in response to the, that observation on social media, you know, Chris Greer's kind of put us in a bind yet again with, with hopes and dreams at offensive tackle, to which I'd say, you know, I'd rather you play it the way that you did and and not pay Jawan Taylor twenty million dollars or Mike McGlinchey seventeen million dollars. I would have wouldn't have minded Trey Pipkins for eight. I wouldn't have minded Caleb McGarry for eleven. But the vast majority of the names that have been associated with upgrades for the Dolphins in the offensive line went for market reset dollars. They're not market reset players. And now you're looking at a thinning herd at offensive tackle at pick 51 where you don't really feel like you have a lot of upgrade opportunities. So I would probably have a tentative plan and strategy to say, let's go in a different direction and plan to address post-draft the offensive tackle spot and get bodies. Let's get bodies after the draft would be probably my plan in looking at the way the talent breaks and what's available and what is not. We're going to look at the offensive tackles and the tight ends combined and what the top five predictive at 51 players look like. Here to close this show, before we transition, we're going to go to running backs next. Jameer Gibbs is first on deck on Friday. So buckle up. It's an exciting player. Excited to dive into the tape.
1: limitations apply see terms at discover.com slash credit card
0: another thing before we get into top five across two positions for pick 51 I'd like to consider um, extending the formal invitation for you guys to join the subtext community you could text dolphins to 3054193924 and text with me directly talking about the dolphins you get a chance to see some of the show notes get behind the scenes notes on all of these draft grades and the draft board as it updates in real time and my five-year salary cap table and a roster assessment that I look at uh, and, and ask me questions and have influence on the show and, and the content that we're creating here on Locked on Dolphins with this community. It's, it's the, the, the early signups have been awesome. You get two weeks for free to figure out if it's for you or not. And again, you can text DOLPHINS to 305-419-3924 to sign up for the text, subtext community. Get a little bit of a feel of its side if it's something that you want to do. It's a couple bucks a month Uh, beyond the the, the free two weeks if it's something that you're interested in. So if you're sitting around this weekend, you want to talk a little Dolphins football, text me, 305-419-3924. Top five predictive for 51. And that includes a couple of trade-up opportunities that I think are realistic options for the Dolphins. I've graded two positions. I've graded 20 players between tight... That's a lie. I've graded 21 players. Excuse me, I hate lying to you guys. 21 players at tight end and offensive tackle. And then if you include like Tyler Steen and Jordan McFadden, of technically, it's like 23. Here are the top five that I have, including two players that I would trade up for that I think the Dolphins have a realistic chance to actually pull this off for. It's Darnell Washington and Matthew Bergeron are my trade-up candidates. I would go get either one. Now they have to get into a strike zone in which you're comfortable with trading with the draft capital that's required to go and get it. Are you going to trade 51 and 84 to go get one of these two players? I would probably trade 51 and 84 for Darnell Washington. He has a 91 score out of 100 points. That's a quality starter right off the jump in my mind. Bergeron, 85, just short of an 86. Uh, Six points lower than... Uh, Darnell Washington, and as a point of reference, uh, you have a whole slew of players. The the drop from the second player on this board to the fifth player on this board is four and a half points as compared to the six points in the gap from Darnell Washington to to Matthew Bergeron. Washington is a difference maker in my mind. He's still head and shoulders between offensive tackles and tight ends, the best available player on the board, far and away. You get a chance to land that dude, you go get that dude. But if Washington goes, say, in the first round, the Cincinnati and Bergeron slides to 40, yeah, I'd trade up for Matthew Bergeron. Wouldn't feel bad about it either. If you're going to stand pat at 51, I think your top candidates are Sam Laporte at tight end and Anton Harrison at offensive tackle. Now, whether or not those guys are actually there, including Michael Mayer, who I think graded out probably probably a little more surprisingly low. Uh, He's the fourth-ranked player on this list, so the full top five is... Washington, Bergeron, Laporta, Mayor, Anton Harrison for players available at 51. I won't be surprised if Mayor's is a little cooler in the NFL circles than what he is in, uh, in draft mix circles and in the media. We kind of went over that when we did the Mayor deep dive. But um, those are the top five players that I have available. I have a feeling... Jameer Gibbs is going to be cracking this list. The question is whether Jameer Gibbs cracks the top three or not, because the 85 and hires are Washington, Bergeron, and Laporte. If you walk out of pick 51 and you have one of those three players right now as a great player grade is an 85 or better, you feel fortunate about the player that you got and the value that you got. I'm not going to spoil where Gibbs is, but I've seen plenty of Gibbs. I got a pretty good feeling for where he's going to stack on this list. So you're going to want to make sure you keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins, your team every day. Fin's up. I appreciate you guys checking out the show. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Hope to see you all again soon. You can find your team every day here on the Locked On Network. We don't just say it; we live it on a daily basis. Make it a great rest of your day. Make it a great rest of your night. And I'll be back again tomorrow to talk to you all about Jimmy or Gibbs and at least one more running back along the way. Fins up.